Greetings and welcome, welcome, welcome back to Salutations and Impartations. I'm your host, Antoine Braggs, um, and I'm really excited for us to be back. I know, I know I've missed you too. I know that you have missed me. It's been a minute. Uh, we haven't even spoken this year, so I believe that the way that we're going to conduct our podcast this year will be amazing. We're going to be doing it in interview style. And even pretty soon, we're going to be coming to you with some videos. So you're going to be able to see us. You're going to be able to go to my YouTube channel and see us as we record these conversations. I'm really excited because it was just me hosting. Now I'm inviting others into the hosting process. So it's not that we'll just have people that will be interviewed, but we'll have people hanging out with me in the studio in the area. And so I'm grateful to have with us today, we have Pastor Corey Henderson that's going to be hanging out with me and is going to be one of our interviewers going forward. So today he has a topic that he'd like to share with us. We're going to be talking about now. I know some of you are going to be like, what? Wow. But we're going to be talking about today, territorial leadership in church. <laughs> I know it tickles you. It tickles me too. But we're going to get down to the nitty gritty. He's going to be interviewing me, so I'm going to turn this over to him so that he can introduce himself uh, and just throw love uh, to all of our listeners around the world. And then we're going to start our conversation so that we can dive into this content. First, I want to say thank you to all the listeners of Salutations and Impartation. My name is Corey Henderson. Apostle Braggs, it's an honor to be on your podcast. Um, I'm we was talking um, previously before about ministry and moving forward in ministry and how the times has shifted and changed. And in that thought process, I thought about visiting other churches and visiting other ministries. And I paid attention to leadership on their interaction with the visiting pastors and so forth and so on. And I find it kind of interesting how you see the response of leadership change when they see their congregation um, in a say leaning towards the visiting speakers on their interaction. You see the energy go up because they receptive of what the guest is bringing. Um, so it led me to some questions for this podcast, Apostle Braggs. In the sense of territorial preachers, how is it in the body of God that we have leaders who's over congregation with individuals who are following them wholeheartedly have emotions in reference to uh, other preachers coming in and see the response that you know it kind of seems like an attitude come about what's your thoughts about that well um, I think there's a myriad of things that could be discussed when it comes to what we call territorial leaders I think first and foremost I think sometimes leaders may come off as territorial and may not be as territorial, um, so to speak, but it's their protection or their guard uh, for those that they lead. So I think that sometimes in an effort to shepherd the flock of God in which the Holy Spirit is giving them oversight, that they could come across as being that. And then we also have 
you know, where people actually, you know, it's kind of like the blind leading the blind, if you will. I'm, I'm not really saying that the leader is completely blind, but I'm saying that there are blind spots. And so sometimes when you've been wounded as an individual yourself and you didn't heal uh, from past trauma, from past wounding, sometimes you came, you know, through um, a very, I guess you could say, painful past. Um, those things show up in, in places like leadership. And so I think that people sometimes feel like that you're going to take people from them because sometimes they still deal with abandonment issues they still deal with rejection and so uh, when they see somebody like a rising star so to speak or somebody coming in that they feel like has leverage or influence uh, sometimes it intimidates them so intimidation can be a part of that and like I said uh, people coming from painful past can be uh, something that causes them to be a lid instead of a covering because if there's a lid on it then there's nothing going out and nothing coming in um, but if there's a covering then there's accountability and community so the sheep have um, liberty to move around and I think uh, it is a thin line between the two because I do believe that you need to be submitted to leadership I do believe that uh, when God gives you a leader, that they keep watch over your soul. I believe all those scriptures. Um, but I also believe that uh, we can't treat grown people like they are children. And I think that sometimes, you know, it, I know we, we're not talking about spiritual fathering and mothering today, but it kind of goes into that because a lot of leaders that pastor their congregation, they see their congregation as their spiritual sons and daughters. In some cases that's true, but in some cases it's not. Sometimes people are benefiting from us and we are not necessarily their spiritual parent, um, but God has put us in position to feed them, to lead them, to guide them, to, to direct them, and to strengthen them. So this is a, a broad topic and I didn't want to, you know, I didn't want to address it from a narrow perspective because it's not always a bad thing because sometimes it's seen as that but it's also you know a protection guard a covering it just it, it becomes a problem when you take ownership for something that belongs to God and people belong to the Lord uh, the Lord gives and the Lord take it away blessed be the name of the Lord so we have to get there uh, but I didn't mean to take up so much time on your first question I know we don't have long on our podcast today uh, we typically do anywhere between 30 to 31 minutes on our podcast however um, if the Lord leads us to go further in this session today I'm willing to go as far as the Holy Spirit will lead us uh, for our listeners because I believe that this is a very important topic so I hand it back over to you Mr. Interviewer <laughs> Thank you so much, Apostle Brax, for your response. It definitely brings insight to leadership. Number one, they are people, and they have to process just like us. And number two, good leadership always look out for their flock. Um, it's bad to allow a sheep to come inside the fold to wreak havoc over the uh, wolf. I'm sorry, I apologize. A wolf to come inside the fold and wreak havoc over the sheep. That's a good shepherd. So it leads me to a second question. In transitioning with senior pastors having hold on the ministry so tight to whereas number one they fail to disciple 
the coming up and number two they failed to pass a baton what are your thoughts about senior leadership refusing to let the ministry follow the next voice so it sounds like you're talking about uh, in the passing of a mentor uh, maybe somebody has come up through the ranks, has been trained, has been developed, and is very much prepared, and the people are responding to that individual. Um, almost like they said, uh, and I'm not saying that every senior leader, every senior leader will have to face this, but I'm not saying every senior leader will, will err on the negative side of this. But um, Saul has killed his thousand, but David's his tens of thousands. And so sometimes when leaders have not put in a good succession plan, these words scare them because it makes them feel like that they're no longer relevant, they're no longer needed, they're no longer important. And this is why we must never stop growing personally. And I think um, what has happened in this world of social media, this world of uh, all about followings, and uh, even people are screaming like, who's next, who's this, who's that? And so the focus is how many followers do they have and, and you know, how much money do they have and all of these things. And, and I do think that some of that is important because if you're a leader that has raised businesses and all different things, I think that all of those things have to be considered because your name is on all those things. Uh, but I think that higher than your name should be the name of Jesus. I think that sometimes because we don't have a plan for succession, we fear who's next. Um, if we had a plan for succession, we would have relationship with the person who's next, which means we would be able to understand their weaknesses, their idiosyncrasies, um, their strong places, the areas where we could continue to pour into them, right? Um, because that's another thing. Because It's a misnomer that if you step out of the mainstream, that you won't be able to have the impact. The impact now is not to the masses, which is Jesus' ministry. Anyway, now it's to the individual. Because if you spend enough time with that individual or those individuals, because we've transitioned now. I know a lot of people are still looking at it like the old regime, which means we pass a mantle to one person. It's not like that anymore. We pass the mantle to teams. And there may be one person that is championing because God will position one key leader for that, for that mission, that organization, that ministry. But all in all, we lead by teams now in this new generation and in this new era because it's not just one generation, it's connecting generations. So I think that leaders need to really consider um, putting a plan in place, especially if they lead lofty organizations, you know, organizations where masses of people come into and come out of. I think it's very important to put a lucrative plan in place and to oversee that individual as they do it because the truth be told just like they made a lot of mistakes we're gonna make a lot of mistakes you know and in some cases we are it like we are we are transitioning in you know and it's funny i say this like this it's an emerging generation it's a generation that's going off the scene that should be taking their responsibility as coaching and mentoring way closer and they should be picking key people to do that that they are trying to um, pass the mantle to or pass their organizations to or pass their businesses to whatever the case may be and then there's a generation that's standing in proxy we are neither the generation that's going off the scene and we are not the generation that's coming up we are here and so you have to figure out like what what plans do we have in place to 
strategize these next moves because sometimes we are having a problem because we don't know a lot about who's next because we have been so busy building that we have forgot to build relationship. This is so good. This is so good. So continue on the topic of territorial leadership. What would you say to the up and coming leader who has a misinterpretation of his senior pastor now allowing him to take over and seeing it the wrong way? What are your thoughts? Now you're talking my language. Um, I think first and foremost, I think settle yourself, um, my friend. Um, whether you are a male or a female, um, whether you are in your 20s, your 30s, your 40s, um, and some of you may even be in your teens because of what God is doing in the earth at this hour. He's doing it like he did it in the book of Jeremiah. You know, Jeremiah was just a kid. Uh, but he assumed his role very strongly. And we see it throughout the book of Kings where uh, a younger generation was, in, was ready uh, when the mantle was passed and they reigned for a number of years. Uh, but when I, when I look at this, I think, wait on the Lord and be of good courage, knowing that the Lord will strengthen your heart. Number two is don't, sub- don't, don't get under leadership that you are unwilling to submit to and trust. Because there is a time element associated with you coming to your place in God, with you coming to your place in an organization, because there are so many elements that need to be worked out. And number one is your character. Now, when we talk about character, a lot of people think morality instantly. But morality is ingredients in character. You know, it is, it, it is how you process information. It is, it is your heart posture. It's if, if your heart is pure, if your motives are pure. You know, until you can get out of you that ambition that you have to have the, the front and the platform, then it's not even ready for you yet. You know, and I like to say that it doesn't really come to you until your focus is no longer on the mantle. And I, I love to use Elijah and Elisha. In the, in the time of Elijah and Elisha, Elijah, Elisha was following Elijah and he, he wanted a double portion. He wanted another level of anointing. He didn't even ask for the mantle. He wanted a double portion of what Elijah carried. But Elijah knew that within the double portion was something symbolic, which was his mantle. His mantle represented his relationship with God. His mantle represented what he had labored to build in God, with God, and for God. And so Elijah continued to follow closely Number one, follow closely. You need to follow leadership closely. And it it was the turning point that by the time they got through Jericho, by the time they they came through Gilgal, by the time they got to a space where Elijah would pass him the mantle, he was ready for it. But we see a shift in his language because when Elijah gets taken out of here and what he promised him is dropped to him, Then he says, my father, my father, the chariot of Israel. So he no longer wanted to be seen as a prophet in Israel and to carry Elijah's mantle. He had connected to Elijah's heart. And so I think that while you're standing in proxy to wait to gain influence, affluence, and position in the kingdom of God or in an organization, you must make sure that whoever had it before you, you catch their heart. 
Because we have a lot of people that they might catch the rhythm, but they don't catch the heart of the leader. And so they run, they run, they run like the leader. They they do a lot of extra stuff. They add all of this extra um, curricular activity, but then they don't have the heart to maintain it. So what changes is their character. You know, you get all type of failure, not just moral failure, but you get breakdowns, all type of things, because they were not built to handle this because they were looking at it by way of grabbing it instead of grasping it. And when you have the heart, you grasp it. But when you just when it's all about you having the position, you just grab it. And sometimes God will let you grab it. And God will let you walk with it for a while, right? But it'll come a point where it'll break down. And now you'll be just like Joshua was. You didn't pass anything. Moses passed it to you. But where's your successor? This is awesome. This is so awesome. So it makes me think about the, the perspective of the pew and the pulpit. You spoke a little bit about the heart of the leader and oftentimes individuals in the pews don't look at the heart of the leader and they do a comparison even I say church shopping they do a comparison of what the ministry offers and oftentimes we see individuals throwing rocks at glass houses not understanding the perspective of number one the vision of the leader and number two the heart of the leader so my question is for the individuals in the pews what wisdom would you impart in them and referencing to finding the right church for you and staying out of throwing stones when you don't understand the vision and the heart of the leader well, I think that, um, number one, you need to hear from God. I think it's really important. Uh, there's a scripture that said it's God that places us in the body. And I think now we live in a 21st century where people just choose their churches, you know, based upon the children's ministry, based upon, um, you know, the easy access to that congregation, you know. And I'm not saying that, you don't have processes where God places you somewhere that's not permanent uh, because all throughout scripture you see spaces where it wasn't permanent right um, so every time that like when we talk about Elijah and Elisha you know if you do research you find out that Elisha was not with Elijah long you know so he wasn't with him for years and years and years like we put it today right and I'm not saying that because I think that people should be steady stable focus and all of that but there are situations that blow in your direction the vicissitudes of life happen and you end up in a space you know kind of like um, Naomi was you know what I mean you you end up way over here when you when you need to be in Bethlehem right you end up over here so it's it but that that was a season she needed to go through that she needed to pass through that she needed to experience that you know she needed to encounter that um but I think that you know, when God places you somewhere and you don't place yourself, there is fruit that is seen by you being there. And you must, you have to have the heart. First of all, you, you don't need to go somewhere just because the preacher is popular, just because the preacher is famous. You know, you need to love who leads you. 
And if you love who leads you, you'll pray for who leads you. You know, I found out, you know, being in a large ministry for a number of years, um, I found out that most people see their preachers as celebrities. And so they don't pray for their leaders because they feel like their leaders are Superman. You need a place to work out your prayer life. And and a first place to start is praying for leadership. You know, as you labor for leadership, then God begins to give you the heart of that leader. And so once you have been properly planted in the right place, then God begins to stir other things in you. I mean, for years, I didn't know. I knew that something was down inside of me, but I didn't know this type of preacher was in me. I had no idea that God would use me the way that he's using me today. And I still stand in awe. And even though God has given me a vision for more, I'm content with where I am today. You know, Paul said, I've learned how to abase and how to abound, you know. So you get to a season where you're comfortable even when you even when you're in lack you know and so i think that all of that comes into play with having the right voice that is you're listening to and that is shaping you i wanted to um, make a pivot uh, with the final uh, time that we have together and go back to our opening uh, which is dealing with territorial preachers uh, i want to say to first of all uh, i don't want you uh, my brother and my sister that's dealing with this to turn me off to back up and to think that this is an opportunity for um, you to open up your congregation and let somebody invade it just because they're a good preacher. I'm not saying that, but what I am saying is that don't bring anybody you don't trust because if you trusted to bring them in, you have to let them implement their ministry. Their administration was important enough to catch your eye. It should be important enough to bless your people. And if your people start to respond to them, you have to wait because sometimes you have the wrong people in the camp anyway, which means that people could have been walking with you for years and did not really have your heart. It's just that you control their movements. And so once you once you get to see when some, when some new shining star comes into your congregation, you know, they might not really be a shining star. They may be a process preacher for years. But if your people jump to follow them, you must let them because you, they need to see, first of all, if this is God. And if they don't make their decisions when they leave you, when they actually finally leave you, they will be bitter towards you. Because just like a teenager that you never let experience life because you were afraid that they would make the wrong decision and make the bad decision, they never became a decision maker. They never became decisive in their own decision making. It's scary. It's terror. You don't want what happened to you to happen to them. I know some of you are protecting these sheep because you know that there are predators out here that want to take their money, their mind, and want to consume their gifts for their ministry. But there are some people out here that want to build your people and send them back into the house better. I think, um, Pastor Corey, what blessed me for many years, and I think the reason why I'm favored today, although many people wonder where he come from, who is he, he seemed to be jumping all over the place, and all these type of things that people have in their mind towards me. I try not to focus on any of that, but I was in a ministry where, and I, it still happens to me, I get to keep my father's sheep, which means that there comes a time where um, you send people back into that house better. Okay? And so you have to trust that what you instilled in them, they have the capacity to steward it and operate in it without your strong hand on their throat. You know, and so I, I say to all of you that are struggling with this, maybe you will never tell anybody, right? Because you don't want people to see, see you like that. But you got to get rid of that before you become a Saul. 
The worst thing in the world is for somebody to help you win a battle and you turn on them. It's the worst thing in the world. And I've went into congregations and helped leaders win battles. Glory to God, because a, a true preacher, a true poor man, a true sent one goes into a congregation and they help your congregation and you win battles that God designed for them to help you win. The worst thing you could do is turn on who helped you win. And that's what Saul did to David. David helped him. None of them would fight Goliath. You know, like that wasn't David's, that wasn't David's fight, but he took it on because they were challenging the armies of God. Stop inviting people that you don't trust to take Goliath out. Because I'm going to tell you prominence come with taking down your devil. Okay, so people are going to love those that preach well and are skilled in leadership. Because David was not just somebody that could destroy Goliath. He had learned that was a real weapon. Many people say that was just a rock. No, baby. He was skilled at that. Glory to God. You, get, you do a research, you will find out that that was a profession. David was skilled at this. So you called in one of the most skilled that looked like they didn't have it. You know, so I see all the time preachers call in. They don't really want us to come in and do what we do. Why? Because they are afraid that they are going to follow us. I say this. If they follow you, kiss them goodbye. Kiss them goodbye. You know, and I get it because when I was first coming up in ministry, um, I think I've shared this on my podcast, but I've been in, in itinerant ministry for 19 years. So one of the things that I realized that God quickly challenged with me and this is just being in itinerant ministry and, and I always had people always want to follow me somewhere. And so I always had some level of team, you know, when I really started traveling and, and ministering. And so I came to find out it would really make me, I would feel some type of way sometime when I feel like people are, they was championing about me and now they just focus on who just came next, you know. And it would really kind of bother me a little bit. And I, it's almost like the Lord said to me, that ain't even where you came from. He said, you know you can't, you can't control these people's response, even if you know it's wrong. That's not your place. And, and I backed up, and I started to realize that people are going to make people decisions. They're not always going to make God decisions. And you have to be there. And if you're really the leader that you say you are, you're comfortable when they make decisions like that, even though sometimes it may hurt you, even though they may do it wrong because they do some crazy stuff in this generation. You know, you have to clean those wounds off. You have to get before the same God that called you and let God remind you before those people came, it was you and I. So if it ever had to go back to just you and I, we got this. This is so good. My God is so good. So, in part, it brings me to another question. And the question is, for those who are transitioning to another ministry that God told you to shift, and there's individuals who do it the right way and the wrong way, and oftentimes they seem that their leadership is not in agreement with their transition and they become hurt 
church hurt or spiritually down. What are your comments about that? Well, that's a whole nother podcast. <laughs> um, but I will say that, you know, those of you that are listening, be wise. Um, you know, one of the saddest things is to watch somebody abort a God-given assignment because of an emotional moment. And in this generation, the foundations are so frail. They're not as solid. You know, I, I say, when I look back and I think over the history of my life, I think everywhere that I've ever gotten in God that was of substance came as a result of me being steady in a place for a season, um, a long season sometimes. And I, I just think that we have got to stop chasing purpose and chase God. I think that when we are chasing through ambition the next great whatever, maybe we're going to become it or maybe um, somebody is dangling it before us, I think you have to be careful. And I think that if you're in the right place and God calls you to that leader and that leader to you, God will tell that leader. And even if that leader holds on to you too long, and I'll give an example, you know, oh, my life is full of experiences. <laughs> when I was getting ready to transition to a mega ministry that I was at for many years and that I'm at now, um, when I was getting ready to transition to that ministry, I knew it was time. Um, but the leader did not want to release me. And I called the leader. Now these people send you texts and emails, you know, which is so unprofessional, so uh, it lacks relationship, it lacks respect. You know, if you talk to me all the time, and then when you get ready to make a transition, it's all through an email or social media or, you know, all these things that we want to justify and make it all right. And maybe we have a whole lot of people liking our posts and we think that it's okay because look who supports me. Um, but it's not right. But this leader, you know, he just, he told me, he said, how are you going to go somewhere you're not going to be used? <laughs> and I said to him, you know, I'm just following what God told me. I said, you know, I believe God will use me. You know, at whatever capacity, I said, you know, but God told me, do you want a position or do you want to be trained? Now, I was just a week or two away from being the associate pastor. And so I had to make a decision that my growth was important, but I was determined to do it the right way. And so I did it the right way. And I transitioned, and for the first um, maybe five or six months, uh, it was it was uh, challenging to think that I left right, uh, but I'm seeing wrong, and my best friend stayed back. And so I couldn't even talk to him about the church because I had all these rah-rah stories, and he just had basic stories. And so it was very difficult for me to uh, celebrate with somebody I knew loved me 
because of the challenge I felt like it put them in, you know, because that was his great uncle church and that's where we met. And so it wasn't long um, the ministry shut down. Him and his wife got a divorce and uh, my best friend ended up coming to the church where I was at the mega ministry. And um, but before that happened, and this is why I love the Lord. The Lord told me, and this is when you know you do it right, because when you do it right, even if people lied on you, even if people tried to make it look like you're a renegade, if you do it right, you can show back up because the main people know what actually happened. And even if they try to uh, make it seem like it to somebody else, when you show up, it kills all that. And so I showed up, you know, this wasn't a large ministry, so it was evident I was there. The Lord said, go back. I want you to go this Sunday. So I took, I said, I'm not going to go to, you know, that church this Sunday. I'm going to go to this church. And I went. And um, from the platform, he called me. He said, there's my son. He said, I was just telling somebody about you the other day that you're a go-getter. You know, and it was just, it was so much affirmation and confirmation in that. Because at that time, you know, I was being trained to be a minister. Mind you, I was a minister when I went there. I put it down so I could be developed. You know, so... Yeah, people come into spaces and they don't want development. Even when they come from other places. I came from other places. That's why I've been in um, itinerary ministry for 19 years because I was already preaching when I got there to that church. So it was like, do you want to set it down? Yes. I, the Lord told me, set it down. They said, they actually told me I could tr transfer my license over. And the Lord said, no, I don't want you to. I want you to go through the whole, at that time, it was three and a half years that that ministry to go through. So I made a, a smooth transition. And though my life has been filled, uh, Pastor, I know we come over our heel of time, but though my life has been filled with swift transitions, swift transitions, as the song says, uh, my transitions have been well, and I have worked to make them well. And that sometimes people didn't agree with, because people won't always agree with your, your next level. They won't always agree with it. But it's not about them agreeing with it. It's how you handle them in the transition. So because I handled that pastor well, he has always been, you know, available to me. I'm not, I'm not really accessed him, you know, since maybe even, I don't know, been a few years even now after he went through a divorce and all that, you know, and he started, he opened up a church again and, you know, and so it was just, I transitioned well. So I say to that person that's in transition, make sure this is God. Make sure if it's God, the fruit will speak for itself. And if it's God, you will have the right fruit in your transition, which means the fruit of the spirit will be evident in you as you make the transition, because this should be a step up, not a step back or a step down. So you got to make sure you're not chasing a crowd. You got to make sure you're not chasing a celebrity preacher. You got to make sure you're not chasing the next trend. You have to make sure that the Lord is sending you, because if you go somewhere that God did not send you, it's going to take years out of your life. You know, um, like I said about Naomi, she became bitter. You know, it took something. Out. She was following her husband. Right thing to do. But when you follow or you go into places and stay too long or you go to a place God didn't send you, you become bitter. So thank you, Apostle Braggs. Um, our time is coming to a near. I want to thank you for inviting me to your podcast salutations and impartations the topic was territorial leadership and the title itself may sound like a negative connotation but thank you apostle braggs for 
really an insight to how it has its pros and cons for protection and safeguards. Thank you, sir. Uh, you're welcome, man. We are so excited. Listen, guys, you know I'm so glad to be back with you. We're going to be dropping some, uh, I say whole episodes, right? Um, this is, We're going to be dropping whole episodes. Uh, so I just want to encourage you guys to stay close and listen. Some of them may go over what you're used to. So that normal 30 minutes or so that you are used to, we are probably going to be going into the hour mark, especially as we begin the interview and begin to just sit and, and feast and process and all those things because we just have to, we have a lot to share, right? Uh, so thank you guys for receiving me. Thank you for those of you that have subscribed. Just go subscribe to my podcast. You can find me on all outlets wherever podcasts are that's where i am and so i'm with charisma shout out to charisma we are so appreciative of you guys i'm so grateful for the partnership with you and hope to continue to build this partnership for years and years on um long 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 time right and to even possibly pass it down generationally so I want to encourage you guys to follow me on social media platforms. You can just type in my name, Antoine Braggs, and it should come up. I just recently got on TikTok. I am on TikTok now. So I share um, small clips, small videos. Um, I've even been putting on there my workouts. So I'm getting pretty um, integrated with this social media thing. And so I want to encourage you to find me on YouTube. Same, Antoine Braggs. Uh, on my uh Instagram, same Antoine Braggs. So you can go follow me on all those outlets, just trying to grow these platforms so that we might minister to people. And of course, the main platform, as I've shared with you guys over and over again, is our Facebook. You can go on my public figurative page, and that's Digital Creator. <laughs> you can go on there and keep up with us. I, like I always tell you, I'm a little bit more wild sometimes out there as I, as I minister. Um, but the same heart, the same posture. Uh, the same, you know, grace that God has given me to communicate. It's just a different form of communication and a different form of expression. And so, again, thank you so much for tuning in to Salutations and Impartations. And I'm your host that is excited to have you. And we will see you again or maybe talk to you again the next time. So be on the lookout. We're going to be dropping these again. We're going to try to drop them on Wednesdays like we have been in the past. But Again, just be on the lookout for our next podcast to drop. God bless you. Love you guys. Talk to you real soon.